We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, everybody. Welcome to a special edition of the Irish Breakdown Podcast. I'm Brian Driscoll. That's Ryan Roberts. We are here to discuss the pending decision of Brandon Hillman, who is making a commitment today between Notre Dame, USC, North Carolina, Virginia Tech, and Kentucky. Brandon, is uh, it is being streamed right now, but we can't show it. Uh, but he is sitting down talking and all those type of things. So, Ryan, we will, we will, be, we will be talking about his decision here very very soon yeah obviously this is a young man that Notre Dame got on late it's kind mm-hmm. of funny um it was when Rita got sick I came home that one night remember to get some work done when my wife stayed at the you know in, in Purdue and that's when I got the call that they were going to make a move on this kid I was mm-hmm. like okay well it's been a crappy week but this is good news <laughs> because I yeah. love Virginia kids and then you pop in the film and you're like wow this kid's really good and then mm-hmm. as so as soon as that happens and Tennessee gets involved uh Miami offers, Oklahoma offers, USC offered recently, North Carolina pushed. This is one of the fastest risers, Ryan, in the country rankings-wise and from a standpoint of just schools coming after him hard as a senior. Yeah. Well, Brian, I know we'll go into his backstory here you know, throughout the show, but if you look before the season started, when he was still in the summer, he was a kid that had one offer to Norfolk State. So that was the right. only offer he had until the senior season started. And then and he, he ended up getting one from like Howard as well, I yes. think. But yeah, that's it. Down, down the stretch. So he was a very under-recruited kid until I think there was kind of an opening up of like possibility to play other positions yeah, besides and, quarterback. And that's a good – right. That's the thing is he's a dynam, dynamite run-throw quarterback in high school. He had over a thousand yards as a rusher and passer this year and last year, but early on he was set on being a quarterback. And as he became more open to playing other positions, that's when you saw things start to blow up. And then he's two time four a region player of the year on offense. He was Mm -hmm. an all district player as a quarterback, a defensive back and a punter, which just kind of tells you, you know, the versatility of this kid. So Notre Dame made a push. They did get in there sort of early and they've been trying to, to, to seal the deal with this one, they were able to get him on a visit the weekend of October 15th, the weekend they play Stanford. Obviously not the ideal game you want to see, unless your pitch is, dude, see, there's opportunities for you to go play. 
but uh, he's listing all these people that he's thanking. Is very, very bright kid, very good student, mm-hmm. very talented player. No, so he really is. He really is, and he's a player that can project to a lot of different positions, which we'll get yeah. into on this show, right? Which makes it super exciting because people keep asking, man, like, where's Brandon Hillman going to play if he goes to Notre Dame? Guys, where can he play is a better question that we can ask ourselves. Like, he could play right. so many different positions, which makes it really exciting to kind of think about. Right. Well, and he's an interesting kid, Ryan, because he could play quarterback at certain schools, sure. right? He reminds me a lot of Woody Dantzler, if that mm-hmm. quarterback was still in vogue. You remember him from Clemson. Yes. You know, not a true quarterback, but a kid that can throw the ball. I mean, he's got a nice arm. He's just not necessarily a quarterback. He's got a very live arm. Uh dynamic runner in that old Rich Rodriguez, Pat White type of mode, he could be a really dynamic player like that. There's just not a lot of schools looking for that kind of quarterback anymore at the major power five level. He could play running back, which is actually the position Notre Dame was initially looking at him for, but then they landed Jeremiah Love and it's like, well, we're good here. You know what I mean? So then it was receiver and safety and rover. And there's kind of a battle on the staff of who wants the kid, you know, because they all want the kids. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And I know, Brian, for me, like I look at him and I'm just like, that kid's a rover. But like I have opened up possibilities to, sorry. He, no, no, you're good. He's getting ready to announce his commitment. So gotcha. He is a. Uh, he's got his church shirt on. He's standing up, <laughs> and uh, he's reaching for different hats. Grabs Kentucky, sets it down. Right, crowd's laughing, and he picks up North Carolina. Almost puts it on, sets it down. <laughs> then he takes his shirt off, and it's Notre Dame. So Brandon Hillman has committed to Notre Dame. Everybody, take it away, Ryan. Yeah, and it's really exciting for Notre Dame, obviously. Like I was kind of getting into, you know, could he end up as a running back? Possibly. Could he be that dynamic slot receiver, potentially, that is a kind of a yak guy, could break a ton of tackles? Sure. Could he be a deep safety in Notre Dame's system where they want to play a lot of too high and they want to rotate down and do all that type of stuff? For sure. 
Rover is a position as well that I look at and say with the with the with the production you've had in spurts at that spot over the last few years. Think about what Jeremiah Wusukoromo was able to accomplish athletically. I think there's some comparisons to them, right? Because I, I think that they are both not the most straight line fast players of all time as far as their testing numbers, but on field. They're incredibly explosive, great in short areas, and supremely physical football players and have a good sense of field awareness. And so when I look at Brandon Hillman, I'm like, that kid's a defensive weapon on the next level potentially, but he can also be a weapon carrying the football. And, I mean, Brian, we talked about it a ton, right? Who is going to be – Brandon Hillman is going to be the best friend of Brian Mason pretty early on in his career, man. (laughs) Coverage units, pump block team, all different types. Potentially as a returner. I mean, that's the thing is, I mean, I wouldn't wouldn't necessarily dismiss the idea when you're talking about finding ways. Let's just say he does end up on defense, and that's not even a given right now, Ryan. Sure. Well, let's just say he does. I mean, you're going to say this kid's a little too dynamic with the ball not to try to find some way to get him the football. Yeah. And, you know, those are the different aspects you look at and say, boy, you know, you just you want to find a way to get this guy to football as well. And he just and, and, and in that regard, Ryan, he fits in so well with the rest of this class because there's just so many kids in this class that could play multiple positions at a high level, not just play them, just be serviceable. But like there's like eight Xavier Watts in this class and some even grayed out even higher than him as a as a as a player on both sides of the ball. And that's just something you can't have enough of in this class. And that's exactly what Brandon Hillman is. It, you know, you're talking about playing Rover and safety and all that. And, and I agree with you. And I'll give my opinion on where I think he fits best when you're done. But the fact is, mm-hmm. is like you're going to be very tempted to say, is there a way we can somehow get this kid to football? <laughs> I mean, you're going to ask yourself that. as a, if you're, And if you're not, you're not doing this coaching thing right. Wildcat quarterback. I could imagine right. him being an RPO weapon from working in the slot as an after catch guy. Like he can do a lot of different yep. things. There's no doubt. And it's really good because I think you mentioned this already, Brian, but the fits makes a ton of sense from the class perspective, right? I mean, <laughs> I have to think Coach O'Leary and Coach Golden are kind of looking at their chops, thinking about like, hey, if we have a Don Schuler, Peyton Bowen, Ben Minich, and Brandon Hillman playing somewhere in the safety rover conversation. Right. There's a lot of different possibilities that you can have there, right? And be right. very versatile in the back end. On the offensive side of the football, if he ends up being, you know, kind of more that yak wide receiver, let's say, then you have two dynamic outside players, in my opinion, and Jaden Greathouse and Braylon James. You have Rico Flores who can work outside and in and do all the, you know, the little nuances of the game. That's fantastic. You have mm-hmm. Dylan Edwards who can work more from the slot. You have Caleb Smith that could work more for the slot, but how Brandon Hillman would be potentially used as a slot RPO type of after catch wide receiver is a lot different than what Caleb Smith's going to do, right? Caleb yeah. Smith is going to win with acceleration, with field vision. Brandon Hillman is one of those kids where you get the football in his hand, he's going to break two tackles and he's going to get you an extra 10, 15 yards at the end of a run because he's that type of physical player. So having this type of kid where You've really, as Notre Dame now that they have Kenny Minchie on board, you've really hit your needs at every single spot, right? So now that you have an athlete to the caliber of Brandon Hillman, it, you can leave it up for possibilities of he could play at position X, position Y, position Z, because there's not really a need in the class from where he needs to necessarily fit in. You just let his talent and his body develop and see where he fits in best long term. Yeah. Let's go a little bit of the backstory, Ryan, on this one. So as I mentioned before, Notre Dame got involved in him sort of uh, really early in the the fall. And Chad Bowden, who just never stops 
grinding was just look the class wasn't done yet they had needs they had needs at you know receiver they had needs at running back they had needs you know to adding more depth to the secondary potentially a rover type of prospect and he comes across brandon hillman and then of course gets verified times and all this kind of stuff and then um i won't tell you some of the things that chad did uh, in order to um promote brandon hillman maybe to others in the recruiting industry and other schools in order to maybe boost his profile a little bit. Uh, but uh, it was it was very, very interesting and very savvy stuff, but really got on him early, Ryan. And I think that was a big part of this because as you found out from talking to his coach, and I'll let you share that here in a little bit, yeah. he was someone who was a little bit sensitive to schools that got onto him late because so many kind of passed on him early. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, you know, and I think Notre Dame getting on him early and having not have turned him down before, but then getting on him early before the rush really came in regard to when I say early, they didn't necessarily offer him right away, but getting on him, building that relationship, you know, and then the offer eventually comes and it was an exciting thing instead of offering him right away and then saying, yeah, but you can't commit just yet. They did their right. due diligence. So when we reported that Notre Dame was looking at him, Chad had been on him for a little while. Uh, and, and so they had even, they'd talked they, and at some point in time during his recruitment, they've talked about quarterback, running back, receiver, Rover, secondary. They've talked about just about everything. And they finally just said, look, dude, we, we don't know where we're going to play you. We just, we just want you. And we, we know we can find a place for you. And Notre Dame really stayed near the top. He's a very high academic young man. He's very, very intelligent young man. And, when he came to Notre Dame, it just clicked. And at that point in time, Notre Dame was the team to beat. I mean, yeah. when we talked with sources on in every every angle, it was always, yeah, Notre Dame is going to be hard to beat. I listen, I would listen to kind of like podcasts from like North Carolina, Virginia Tech, and re, and they're all like, yeah, no, this school really likes them, but yeah, but Notre Dame's you know going to be hard to beat. And they were because Notre Dame could just offer something that the other schools in the, on the, on his list couldn't offer, which is that combination of high level football, high academics, and then allowing him to be versatile. I think some schools, you know, they really focused in on one position and, and, and I think he didn't have a problem with that. But I think the fact that Notre Dame was like, dude, we'll play anywhere. And then you look at the situation now and people are like, well, you look going to the ball game or the bowl game and what happens if Tyler Buckner gets hurt? Well, who's the next quarterback? And you're like, or if you go into the USC game and you're down to, the basically Drew Pine and, and Steve Angeli. Well, what if one of them goes down? Who do you play? Well, if you have a kid like this on your roster, the answer is easy. Brandon yes. Hillman. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? You put him at Wildcat quarterback and he can run, he can throw, he can hand off. He understands all the mechanics of playing the quarterback position. He understands how to read a defense. You can give him a, you know, a simplified enough game plan to say, hey, look, we get in a pinch. We're putting you back there and we're running read zone, we're running power read, and we're going to throw some bombs. Right, because yep. he's got a very live downfield arm, right? I mean, he can throw the deep ball. There's no doubt about that, and it just adds to the, just the overall versatility of what this kid brings to the show and, or to the table and, and to the depth chart. And and so that's kind of what helped Notre Dame's push. And then, of course, when he got on mm-hmm. campus, he met a lot of the commits that weekend. Obviously, he visited the same weekend as Jeremiah Love. You had Dylan Edwards on campus. CJ Carr was on campus. I'm trying to think of all the – Ben Minich was on campus. I mean, there was a lot of kids from Notre Dame on campus that weekend to to be around Jeremiah Love, but they also got a chance to meet Brandon Hillman. And it clicked. And it was just mm-hmm. – this was it was always kind of a – after that weekend, honestly, folks, it was more of a, a when, not if it was going to happen. But North Carolina and Virginia Tech really made hard pushes. Uh, USC tried to get in there late. Wasn't It was going to be too hard for them to get in there that late. 
But I think North Carolina, Virginia Tech, probably the two schools that made the hardest push. Miami tried to come after them. Tennessee tried to come after them. Oklahoma tried to come after them. And none of them could kind of really get in there. North Carolina and Virginia Tech were two schools that got on him early and didn't say no, slow play, any of that stuff. They got on him kind of early as well as Notre Dame. And I think those are the three schools that he showed the most affinity for because they did not do what Ryan, some other schools, which you'll, you'll be able to share from your conversation with his coach. Um, yep. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, yeah. So it, it's a really fascinating backstory. Cause like you said, Brian, I got a chance to have a pretty long conversation yesterday with the head coach for Brandon Hillman at Churchland. And I, I'll say this folks, there was a lot of frustration on both sides as far as from the head coach and from Brandon's side, because he felt like he was incredibly underappreciated and under-recruited on the recruiting trail. I mean, like I said, he only had one or two offers at, at leaving the summer, right? And they were both FCS programs. And you look at that and you just kind of watch the film. You're just like, what what gives there, right? And we've talked about the, you know, willingness to play other positions by besides quarterback. We'll talk, we, we talked about that already. But from my conversation with his head coach, there was a lot of schools that had shown interest, including a school that had him on campus four different times dating back to last summer. And they kept saying the right things to Brandon. You know, I, we, we love you, man. You're a really great player. You're in our plans. But they never pulled the trigger. And they slow played him a lot. And until the offer lists really started to beef up there, right, with the, like Brian said, the Miamis, the Tennessees, the Oklahomas, the now USC's recently – there was a couple schools that tried to come back into the mix that were those early schools that were on him, but weren't interested enough. And basically at that point, Brandon and his head coach were just basically like, no thanks. Like you, you, you had a shot. You weren't interested then nothing's changed. Now we're still the same football player. I'm still the same student. You just, you know, you, you misevaluated in their opinion. Yeah, and you right? didn't have the courage to jump on him when, you know, you needed everybody else's affirmation before you were willing to exactly. jump on the kid. Why why would I want to go why would I want to why would I want to be there? Ex- yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So they were I mean, Brandon and his coach from everything that I've I've heard, it, they're very big on relationships, right? And they're very big on the trust. And I think that the reason Notre Dame won out outside of the fact that they are a great academic institution and they give Brandon something different than he's used to, right? And a big opportunity moving forward is the fact that once they were on him, they were on him. Right. And they didn't Never waver. waver from that, not a single second. And they kept the same pitch consistently. Like I talked about other positions, like possible positions, but they left it on like, man, we just want you, right? Like we don't 100% care where you end up ultimately. Well, that's the thing is, is even though maybe running back and receiver may have been the initial conversation or DB, depending on which Notre Dame coach you talk to it, when they, when they filled up at other spots that there, there was never a question of, well, gee, we don't, we may not want you anymore. It was, well, you know, we don't need you there anymore. Well, what about this? And I, and, and I have to think that that mattered to, to Brandon and I don't have confirmation of this, Ryan. He might've said this, yeah. his coach might've said this. I don't have confirmation of this, but like, when you talk to sources you know, that are involved that 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 were kind of tied into this recruitment, I think that mattered to him. The mm-hmm. fact that you know, look, they they were kind of talking to me about running back, and then Jeremiah Love commits the weekend that I'm on campus. There was yeah. never a well, we're not sure if we want you anymore. Now it was okay, so 
we we were already talking to you about this and this and this. It doesn't matter. We want you here. Well, you get the fifth receiver. Okay, so doesn't matter. You can still maybe be a hybrid guy. You can be a guy that maybe plays rover. You can maybe play him. Hey, we may even try you at corner. Like we just want you here. Yeah. You know, and that's really I think the thing that mattered is compare that to the other school you're talking about. And we think we have an idea who it is. And <laughs> and well, you know, we love you, but we love you, but we love you, but. There's always an excuse not to pull the trigger where Notre Dame's like, dude, we don't care what happens everywhere else. We yeah. have the room. We want you. And they made a hard push for him. And I, and I know that rankings are, yeah, he's a three-star by most. He's the, actually, uh, on three bumped him up to a four-star in the number 291 player in the country. He grades out as a four-star top 250 caliber player on our board. Mm-hmm. And the only reason he's not higher is just because, in my opinion, you still there still is does need to be some projection. level of projection to somewhere. For sure. But athletically, Ryan, I think that Jeremiah Wusukoromoa comparisons really make a lot of sense for me. Similar body type, although I would argue that Brandon's just a little bit longer mm-hmm. than Jeremiah was, at least taller for sure. Yep. And, and Jeremiah was not fast. He plays fast, but he's not 40 time fast. And that's how Brandon right. is. <clears throat> but it's more of just smooth, the combination of smooth and explosive in short areas and then the length to run is really where, for me, mm-hmm. why I come down to, if he's going to be an offensive player, it's got to be receiver. If he's going to be a defensive player, I really like him at Rover. And yes. that's those are the two positions that me, Percy, I like him the best because of that length, that range. And you just talk about a kid that – you mentioned the three-man safety class of Peyton Bona, Don Schuler, and Ben Minich and how he fits in with that group. It's mm-hmm. sort of like four for three is the way that mm-hmm. I look at it because ideally – and when you look at the teams that Notre Dame's going to have to play USC now with Lincoln Riley, when you look at Ohio State, who they play next year, and then Clemson, and some of the some of the teams are going to be on the schedule down the road, the North Carolinas, but then also the national powers. Alabama likes to do a lot of eleven personnel and throw the ball all over the field. You know, Tennessee is doing a lot of that now. A lot of schools are sort of moving to. Um, sort of this somebody just talking about his speed and Madden. Um, he plays fast. I'm just telling you all, this is not debatable. He wouldn't, if he'd have ran a 40 at the combine, he probably doesn't break a four seven. I'm just telling you that that's why he didn't run it at the pro day. He played fast. He didn't have like track speed. It was exactly what we're talking about. Okay. Yep. I don't care what his Madden grade is. He plays fast. <laughs> he doesn't test fast. But when you when you look at at him, Ryan, I, I think that to play all those teams, the Tennessees, the the North Carolinas, the Alabamas, the Ohio States, the Clemson, especially if Cade Klubnik is who we think he is going to be, USC, of course, Texas, all these programs are trying to spread you out and throw the ball. And sort of the old school four two five with four three personnel has some merits that gets some looks, but it's not really the ideal thing. You need the Jalen Sneeds. You need the 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 Brandon Hillmans. You need the Jeremiah Wusukoromoas to be at those rover spots. Mm-hmm. Now, the thing about Jalen Sneed is, is let's say that Jalen Sneed is, is, looks great at rover, and so does Brandon Hillman. Well, Jalen Sneed's a kid that could slide in and be an impact dynamic might or will. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so – there's they can play together, but the point is that's the kind of athlete you ideally need, even in a Don Schuler coming down and playing that position. I think gives mm-hmm. you more against more teams than having a Jack Kaiser. 
a, yep. a player like that, a, a a Drew Tranquil from 2018, who was great at Rover in 2018, 2017, excuse me, but would not be as great of a fit at Rover now because yep. of just how, how the schedule's changing, the opposition is changing, the teams around the country are changing, and you're seeing more and more of this spread the field, but yet also spreading the field and wanting to still run. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. Tennessee doesn't – Tennessee's not – Mississippi State, right? USC is not Mississippi State. Texas is not Mississippi State. North Carolina is not Mississippi State, where they're just throwing up the old school Texas Tech. They're going to spread you out, but still have the ability to run. The perimeter screen game is essentially outside run. You need someone that can take on blocks, and that's why you also don't necessarily want to go to 4 2 5 where you've got a pure corner there all the time. Mm-hmm. If you can find that happy medium is a third safety. I think is the happy medium to find in that type of player. And that's what I love about Brandon Hill because he's got the length. He reminds me a lot, and he's not as tall. Reminds me a lot of the kid that Mike Elko had at Wake Forest a couple years ago, uh, Thomas Brown, hmm. you know, where he was a safety, but he was like 6'4", was really long and rangy. You know, you're trying to throw curl routes over him, and he's getting like his go-go gadget arms out there to break up passes. You know, he couldn't necessarily play man coverage all the time. But this is a kid that I could see doing a lot of that. So that's that's where the the rover aspect really attracts me. But a lot of those same traits that I just talked about are also why I really like him a receiver because then you watch you. It's like you convince yourself he's a defensive player, mm-hmm. and then you watch him on offense again. You're like, dang man, he's so dynamic with the ball. He's so shifty yeah. and elusive, and great vision and high football IQ as a football player. Like man, how do I just dismiss a guy that went for a thousand yards rushing and passing in two years in a row at a really good level of football in Virginia and just toss him on defense? It makes it a really hard decision, Ryan, because I could spend as much time, you know, talking about him on offense as I just spent about how well he fits at Rover. And that's yeah. one of the reasons you love this pickup. Well, and I would say this too, Brian, outside of just the natural athleticism and explosiveness he plays with. The reason I may prefer him slightly on defense is because of how physical he is, man. That is like the determiner for me. Even when running the football, like he is breaking tackles. He's shedding arm tackles defensively, man. If you pop on his highlight tape, folks, and you just watch the second half where he starts playing more defense, my guy is absolutely coming up with a vengeance. Coming to balance in the run game, just bringing his pads with him. He really is. And a great story that his coach shared with me, Brian, and I'll share with people out there. We have a, I'll have a more in-depth piece for my conversation with his coach, but he talked to me because it, it goes to the physicality part of everything, the explosiveness part, but you also mentioned Madden, which is a great little backstory. So he talked to me about him when he was a freshman. First time he saw Brandon Hillman was in a seven on seven. And at that point, Brandon was a freshman and he was very uncertain. And the coach told me that you, you could see his heart pounding through his compression shirt, right? Like you could see it. He was just super nervous. But then that fall, when you got the pads on, there was one rep in particular he talked about in practice where he was playing quarterback on scout team, I believe. And he broke the pocket. He's going towards the sideline. He has a linebacker working inside on him and he has a safety coming from depth and he He's like, okay, this kid's coming out of bounds and he's going to get knocked out of bounds. He's going to get tackled on the sideline. Told me Brandon put on the brakes, made the linebacker dive and completely miss him, go flying into the sideline. He compared it to Madden. And everybody knows this. When you play Madden for the first time and you're trying to you know, learn how to tackle on defense and you just keep hitting the dive button and you completely miss the ball carrier, like that's how he, that's how he quantified it. He's like, the guy, kid just went flying out of bounds. But then the worst, best part, 
is not only did he hit the brakes and make that kid look silly, he proceeded to hurdle the safety and go for a touchdown as a freshman. And he came up to the coach, the coaches, after that play and was like, that's what you're going to have for the next three years, straight up, just like that. So there's confidence, there's physicality, and there is electric athleticism, man. And just being able to talk to his coach a little bit, this is a rare football player that comes through that school for him, right? Like he doesn't have Brandon Hillman just walking around, right? Like this is a different type of cat. So having this type of kid to Notre Dame, I mean, the possibilities are endless, man. And just to yeah. speak to the athletic profile this kid has, it's it's pretty impressive. Well, to your point, Churchland does not typically produce this kind of kid. You know, most of the kids from the Chesapeake, Portsmouth area, they'll come from Deep Creek and Chesapeake, Oscar Smith and Chesapeake, Western Branch and Chesapeake. You know, Deep Creek is where like Deion Dyer went, Dre Blyas from Western Branch. Um, Oscar Smith obviously has produced a lot of Division One quarterback or a lot of Division One players in recent years. Uh, then there's the Norfolk schools. You know, Maury produced, I believe, uh, Maury is where uh, Camp Chancellor went. I believe he is a Maury grad. Um, you know, and then obviously there's the Virginia beach schools and all that. And it's all sort of the same region, mm-hmm. you know? And, and so like, um, I'm very familiar with the region. I actually played at Kempsville high school. Um, my dad went to Lake Taylor, Lake Taylor's in the same division as, as Churchland, the truckers I've seen, I've seen them play. I've seen Churchland play. Um, I've coached, I've played against kids from that league. I've coached there. I've recruited that league. You know, I've recruited, I've been to church and on recruiting trips before. So they don't normally produce Brandon Hillman's. They're not mm-hmm. one of those schools that produces a Brandon Hillman. So uh, he is one of those rare kids at that school. You'll see, you'll see other schools produce kids like that. Like Notre Dame got a kid from Lake Taylor, Darnell, you'll, if you remember correctly. Yes. But, and then of course, there's a lot of kids sort of across the bridge and at Hampton and Phoebus and schools like that as well. So, but it's all sort of the same seven, five, seven region, which are, there's just a ton of talent, but in a lot of instances, there's just not a lot of kids that could fit in at Notre Dame. And, and so you don't, I think the last athlete that Notre Dame got from the seven, five, seven, I could be wrong on this, but cause I got Darnell Yule from Lake Taylor, but he was a lineman. I believe the last athlete that Notre Dame got from that region was Isaiah Gardner back when Ty Willingham was the coach. Cause a lot of the kids that Notre Dame's got from Virginia are up near Richmond or further North or out West, like CJ Procise was at Woodbury forest, which is out West. Yep. And and then Chris Tyree's up more from like kind of close to to um, to where like uh, Richmond. He's up sort of in the Richmond area. So Notre Dame hasn't necessarily had a ton of those. Um, CJ Procise is probably the closest skill player to that. He's from Petersburg, but Petersburg is still like past Hampton and 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 uh, Phoebus and all those schools. So he he would be the closest. But again, CJ went to a private school, a boarding school out out in the western part of the state, northwestern part of the state. So. Uh, they don't get skill players in this region very often. And so I'm, I'm ecstatic. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm absolutely thrilled because that's where I'm from. That's, you know, my old stomping ground. So love getting kids from, from this area, Ryan. And, and uh, you know, I look at it and I say, um, you look at the class impact and it's, it's a unique, we, we like to do class impact for recruits. When you talk about the class impact for Brandon Hillman, it's kind of hard to do because he doesn't necessarily have a need. All the positions where he might play, there's not necessarily a need other than Rover. Right. And But that doesn't mean he's definitely going to play Rover. I mean, there's a lot of things that are going to factor into it. But it, it is quite interesting to kind of look at and say, 
you know, like let's say that let's say as as a freshman, let's say Notre Dame looks at the roster and they say in the schedule and they say, you know what, we really want to get Peyton. I'm just making this up. I'm completely making this up. But we really, we really want to get Peyton Hillman on the or Peyton Bowen on the field, right? And you know, we we just feel like he he in fall camp he was really great in coverage, and we just feel like with our early September schedule with Ohio State coming up, we want to get him down in sort of like a big slot kind of role. Well, you're going to need depth at safety. Okay, move Brandon Hillman back to safety. Let's say Peyton Bowen's starting at safety or in the rotation of safety, and you just don't have great depth at Rover. You can move him down to Rover. Let's say there's a couple injuries at running back or a couple injuries at wide receiver. Bam, you put him over there. And I think that's the thing that he gives is he doesn't necessarily have a class impact, so to speak, from a 2023 standpoint, other than this is just another dynamic athlete. The, to truly understand the impact he's going to have, you have to look at the versatility he provides the roster, which is what we've talked about. But the thing that I want to focus on here, Ryan, since we kind of we kind of already dove a little bit into the different play, ways he can impact the roster, is just adding him to this athletic package that we've seen here. It is clear that Marcus Freeman, Tommy Reese, Chad Bowden, Al Golden, Mike Mickness, the whole staff, it has been a very obvious obvious goal of we need to get longer and faster but we need to do it with football players Mm -hmm. one of the things you and i have talked about is a lot of the kids that notre dame has landed in the past i think of like the ramon hendersons Mm -hmm. i think of some of the kids that are like that i think of osita equanus those really long rangy twitchy kids that notre dame has landed the last five six seven years a lot of them weren't really natural football players. Mm-hmm. They were just athletic kids. What this class is filled of is it's just it's football players. And they're dynamic and they're long. And I don't know if I've seen an influx of this much just pure athleticism and skill talent at Notre Dame. Honestly, I just I can't remember. I think we probably have to go back to the Lou Holtz era because you start thinking of well, the 2013 had a lot of athletes. Yeah, but not the depth of athleticism in every position. I think the 2013 class only had like two DBs. Mm-hmm. It was like Rashad Kinlaw and Cole Luke. I think it was it. Max Redfield, so like three DBs. The linebackers opposite Jalen Smith were like Doug Randolph, who's more of a 3-4 outside linebacker, Michael Deeb. You know, receiver you had three really good receivers. You had two really good running backs. This class has five receivers and two running backs. You know, I just think the the, the twenty eight to two thousand eight class could rival it. You know, that Michael Floyd, but then after that, it was Deion Walker and John Goodman, and then they were done. You know, the two thousand eight defensive back class was pretty good, uh, but it was like a lot of Robert Bland's, like really long, high football IQ, tough kids. Not a lot of guys can just flat out run like mm-hmm. this group. I mean, even Michael Floyd was more of a big, strong kind of guy. Just the amount of speed and athleticism is tremendous, Ryan. But what can't be dismissed is I could praise the football IQ of, I'm going to say just about, because I'm I'm trying to quickly think through my head, Mm -hmm. but there's not a single kid on here whose football IQ I would question or football instincts I would question. And the two guys I may have questioned as juniors is Braylon James and Jeremiah Love. And you Mm -hmm. pop on their senior film and it's no longer a question anymore. I think that's the part that is impactful. It's not just length. It's not just athleticism but it's football players and it's a lot of them and it was not, it's not by accident. Right. Well, and I think for me, Brian too, I mean, I think what goes along with that is 
a lot of the players in this class are guys that play on both sides of the football, play multiple sports. Like they're very well-rounded kids in this class, in my opinion, which I think matters, right? I think it, I think it matters for Brandon Hillman, even potentially projecting to defense, which we're talking about a ton, right? But if he does, I think that you give a lot of credit to the fact of like, Hey, he was a quarterback. He understands where offenses are trying to attack and why they're trying to do it right. And and where they're trying to do it. So that understanding of spacing and awareness on the defensive side of the football, I think is paramount. I think that shows up in film, man. I really do. And on the offensive side of the football, you can see the vision, right? You can see it when he takes off and runs, he can, he sees the field. He sees the game at a very mature level which gives you a lot of hope. Like this isn't it. I know some people again are going to freak out because most most platforms have him as a three star. But if you pop on the film, I just think you'll quickly understand that. Hey, does he have a position home right now that you are for sure a hundred percent understanding of where he's going to fit? No. But is he a raw football player? I wouldn't say so. I would not say so at all because I think he sees the game at a very mature level. It's just that there's going to be a extra nuance of like, hey, if he is a rover, if he is a wide receiver, wherever he ends up, ultimately finding the more, you know, the in-depth things about that position, right? The little nuances of the position. That's the next step for Brandon Hillman. But to your point, Brian, I want this type of kid on the football fields. I want him because every single position, folks, again, I know that there's been a couple misses. Every school has misses, though. Everybody. Not everybody gets the board 100% where they, what they have set to begin with, right? Nobody does. But Notre Dame, across the board, at the safety position, at the linebacker position, corner, defensive line, offensive line, skill position, quarterback, everywhere, Notre Dame has gotten more talented and has gotten longer and more explosive. I mean, I'm just dreaming, Brian, because, again, this is just me. This is not what Notre Dame thinks necessarily. But I have a dream of this kid playing Rover with in the same room as a Jalen Sneed and maybe even a Jay Nosberry at some point, right? Like to 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 think about that is just the possibilities are endless, man. Because that skill set, and you combine with the fact of like, hey, there's a couple safeties on this roster, potentially of the Adon Schuler types, that you could say, hey, Adon. Go play, go play Rover on this series because they're going to spread us out a little bit more, right? They're going to try to hit some screens, do all that type of stuff. So just the endless possibilities, man. And, and you're not even mentioning all the dudes. That. You're not mentioning yeah. Drake Bowen. You're not exactly. mentioning Nolan Ziegler. You're not mentioning Junior Tuelamaka. You're not mentioning mention. You didn't mention. Not. I mean, I'm not saying. I'm not calling you out. I'm saying like, oh, no. you could just sit there and list all these guys. It would have. It would have been too. You know what I mean? But like Ben Minich, and we haven't even talked about how good Notre Dame's at corner in this the last two classes. And that's exactly. the point, Ryan. Is there's so much athleticism in this group, and it's in a longer path. Like Jalen, he's not tall. He's like six one and yeah. a half, but he's long. That's yeah. a different. There's a difference, you know. Um, Brandon Hillman's long. Peyton Bowen is only six feet tall, but he's a long six feet tall. Even mm-hmm. probably he's not even six feet tall. For being honest, I mean he's probably five eleven, but he's a right. long five eleven. You mm-hmm. know, and and those are things you look for and say, man, this like Christian Gray is probably the longest DB they have, and he's a corner. He's long, that's man. a thing you get really excited about, you know, and, and you look at Jaden Osbury, he's like listed like six, one and a half, six, two. I've heard he's closer to six, two now, but he's just so long. You just look at his arms. It's just like he had a tackle against Arch Manning where 
Arch tried to make him cut. He just stuck his arms way out, and it looked like they were like three feet long, and it just trips Arch up in, in, in that matchup. So, And, and then um, talk about the defensive ends in this class, man. Oh, I know. Talk about length. It's ridiculous. Like Armel Mookum and Bubakar Traore and it's Brandon ridiculous. Vernon. It's, it's Devin Houston, crazy. yeah. And, and I also think that you're seeing an evolution a little bit too, Brian, because we spent a lot of time on Rover, right? The evolution of what the Rover position might look like. But you even mentioned like a Drake Bowen. Would you be shocked if Drake Bowen's a Mike linebacker eventually and like kind of looking forward and being like you went from, play, you know, somebody that looks like J.D. Bertrand to someone that looks like Drake Bowen, right? Like two inches mm-hmm. taller, longer, a little more explosive. Like the evolution, I think, of the positions for Notre Dame as well is something that we need to spend a little more time on, man, because it is, I mean, as they continue to add the length and the explosiveness that they are in the last couple classes – you're seeing positions now look different than they once did at Notre Dame. And that's a natural maturation, right? That's natural development. But also I think that Notre Dame has had a very clear vision that we need to change the prototypes at some positions, right? It Mm -hmm. needs to look different. It needs to, because we, if you don't evolve, you die. And that's the point blank period to it. And I think that's what we're seeing from the staff, especially with a guy like Hillman. You'd mentioned, well, if you pop on the film, you're going to see such and such. So, well, hey, let the, what the heck? Let's do it. Let's pop on the film, Ryan. So what we're going to do is his senior highlight film is sped up yes. and hard to watch. Otherwise, other, I mean, you see like referees, like their feet are like going like a million miles an hour. Um, it's really hilarious. But uh, we're going to so we're going to pop in some of the individual game film, which is more normal pace, but also it gives you a lot more a lot more clips of that. And so we're going to. We're going to look at that a little bit and uh, dive into dive into that. And so we're going to start with this, the last the playoff game, one of his playoff mm-hmm. games here, and show you that film because it, it is really impressive. This is against Grafton. So we're going to pull that up, and Ryan will go ahead and talk everybody through that and uh, let you guys don't need to see us. So we'll pop that in there and, and, uh, and work through this film. So let's get started, Ryan. Obviously, you'll see him starred, and he's a quarterback. And I think the first thing that pops out, Brian, is that the kid is a very quick twitch athlete. So the RPO game, and I know his coach talked about this a ton, right? So he can he can definitely throw the football well enough. But I think for me, like you see kind of – it's got a little bit of a high step in look to him as a runner, man. But he's explosive, and he gets to his top speed incredibly quickly, which I think is important, right? And he's got that inside-outside look to him. I mean, they run a bunch of zone read. They run power read. He is doing a little bit of everything as a runner. But then you look at him and you're like, I mean, I may could throw the football a little bit. His balance here, here, though, in these clips, Ryan, is just really exceptional. I mean, this clip right here, I I, I don't care about the leap, right? Like, that's such an overrated thing to me. But Mm -hmm. watch how quickly he lands and gets immediately into running form. Yes, right. He's like, like, he's, like, he, he's like a hurdler, you know, right. like when hurdlers get that, right. that lead leg down and they just explode forward. Right. Like that's what yeah. he that's what he looks like to me. And I mean, it's a great point, Brian, because he is just an explosive kid that gets to his top speed again right. very quickly. And I think that shows up on the offensive and defensive side of the ball, man. Like he comes right. to balance and he explodes quickly when he makes a decision. Yeah. I think that you see elusiveness. You see very light on his feet. Again, that's a nice. I mean, that's nice arm talent. That's a kid that if I'm at Norfolk State, if I'm if I'm in a school like that, I'd love to have a kid like that at quarterback, a run throw kid like that at quarterback, Ryan. You know, and so you see those you see those tools, you see those traits, and you start to say, boy, this kid this kid can do a little something. We're gonna watch we're gonna watch some uh, in season conference film here next. This is against Booker T High School, which is actually where my dad went to high school for a couple of years. He 
I think started at Booker T and then they started busting him to Lake Taylor I, or it was a, maybe it's the other way around. He was at Lake Taylor and started busting to Booker T. I don't, I don't know. I, it's, the whole thing is confusing. That's when they were busting people from one. And I don't even get into that nonsense, but anyway, uh, but my dad went to Booker T I actually recruited Booker T when I was coaching some huh? fun, fun stories about that. But uh, this is actually right near where my parents used to live. So this is actually at church on, however, mm-hmm. and you'll see some more action. And you'll see him just the athleticism, the, the lower body strength is impressive for his size, too. And you see that in yeah. some of these clips. Yeah, he, he's the type of kid that breaks a ton of arm tackles. And here you see him for the first couple clips here now playing safety. I and mean, he plays a lot of too high safety, but he comes look down. At that, and Look at that length, though, Ryan. Yes. That's the thing, though. Like, like the length right there you can see. You can see how and quickly he closes on the football. And even even though he gets in late on this little tackle here, man, like you can see, once he makes a decision and triggers, when he, he gets downhill, he's explosive. Yes. Again, gets to his top speed very quickly. And the one thing I love a lot about him on defense too, Brian, is when he sees something, he trusts it 100 miles per hour. Man, he's going. Yeah, he's not. But you know. Guessing. But you know what though, Ryan? Here's the thing though. A lot of kids that play like that play out of control. And yep. if you look at this particular clip, he flies downhill, but then he sees the kid, and then how quickly he comes to balance, goes yes. low and makes the form tackle. Like this isn't just oh, an athletic kid that flipped and killed somebody. This is yep. a kid that understands. Hey, I'm out on an island here. I he he does two things I love. I just talked about the one. He comes to balance, makes a form tackle. But look at the angle. The reason he doesn't blow this kid up is because he knows his primary responsibility is outside contain. I cannot yep. let this guy get outside me. So he flies outside, funnels the kid back inside, but then he's in position to make the tackle. That is such sound football there, right? Yep. And we can we can get caught up in the athleticism and the range and all that, but this is an incredibly sound football play. It is, and that's the thing but, I like. But I, I'll also I'll also get excited about the athleticism too, Brian, because you don't well, often see a kid trigger from safety and making right. a tackle for loss on a speed option. Like it's right. just it's very impressive right. stuff. But athleticism is only going to get you so far to next level. Right. Sure. There were some athletes at Notre Dame that were looking pretty silly in, in space against USC. Yeah. Right. Like you've got to be a sound football player as well. And the the, mm-hmm. the athletic traits are are fun and we're going to continue to break them down. I love them. But the thing I just like about this kid so much, Ryan, is he's just such a he's a he's a football player, man. He's not just an athlete. He's a football player. Like I love this toughness right here. Yes. He's a physical kid. Man. Never Both stops his feet. Football. And there's some cats that can run at Booker T. Let me tell you all right now. There's some cats that can run at Booker T. But mm-hmm. he just, I mean, they just can't keep up with them. The best is, too, is that this offense, yes, they run some power read. They run some power, um, some zone read. They let them throw the football around a little bit. But then you just see this offensive time that's like, okay, this is Brandon Hillman keep right, Brandon Hillman keep left. Right. You're the best athlete on the field. Right. And just he he plays it. And he plays like this stuff. Like some people, my dad would hate this, right? My dad would probably hate this. I love it. I love the swagger that he plays with. I do. I mean, I kind of played this way. And yep. and I and I, I just I, I like kids that play that way. You know, I just like kids that play with attitude, play with swagger. There's a there's a smack right there. Well, Brandon, I mean, because I think for Brandon, Brian, it, he it's something where, again, man, he did not blow up until late in the process. Right. I think there is a little bit of a chip on his shoulder with how he yeah. plays. I really do. Because he thinks he's way better than that. And he is. Absolutely. I mean, he's yes. not wrong. <laughs> you know he's what I mean? Wrong. 
but he's not someone who's like, you know, the, the, that stuff is just fuel to him. It's not something he doesn't, he doesn't second guess himself. This is a really nice clip right here. I remember this really light on his feet. Look at that awareness, right, Ryan? This is what I'm talking. Mm-hmm. This is the stuff I'm talking about. This is, this is awareness. This yeah. is both of these kids, great coverage awareness by these two kids from Churchland. Look at the communication. But Brandon doesn't see that other kid. He just knows it. And then, oh, wow, a jump in front of it. Not only to recognize, but a jump in front of it. Hear the communication. Like I said, you just see that he's a really sound football player. This is another thing. He's trying to cover a slant. Look at this. Look how quickly he reads the slide and just blows it up. Yep. And it's it's not easy to switch on the goal line either, which you saw in the clip before that, mm-hmm. right? Like it's it's not. You have to be a smart pair of players to be able to do that and then you see the read and recognition that he had on the last play to stop the guy short of the goal line like i again man i think that there are some very natural instincts to him as a player and i think that a lot of that is due to his experience playing on the offensive side of the ball defensively right like i think that that helps mm-hmm. him a lot this is against icy norcom actually a high school that i interviewed for the head coaching job back in the day so this is a, this is actually against IC Norcom. The game is at Churchland. Churchland has a, a, a field that is very um, you you you're not confused about whose field it is. Yep. <laughs> There's no <laughs> doubt. But Norcom's another school that produces a lot. That's why I wanted that job. They produce a lot of athletes. They're just not always coached great. At least mm-hmm. they weren't back in the day. But always a lot of athletes at, at Norcom. I love the awareness there, though. Look at him keep his eyes downfield. Again, that's just a—he's just a football player. Not the greatest throw in the and, world, but you but, see the but, live arm, though. Look, that's I was going to say. His, yeah, his arm, <laughs> his arm is definitely live, man. That's not an easy throw, like no. climbing up like that on the run. Like that's not no. easy. But he's got—he does have a nice arm. He really does. Yeah. Yep. Because, like, honestly, Brian, it, you know, if if you would have told me that Notre Dame took this kid as kind of a flyer quarterback. I would have been okay with that, man. He's, he's a talented kid. You know, I think that his traits will be best suited at other spots, but I mean, it's not like this kid has a lack of ability as a passer. It's just, you know, there's obviously, I think other positions that suit his skill set better, in my opinion. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, I just think you kind of limit just how impactful he can be a quarterback. Exactly. I think is, is the thing for me. Um, yeah. Here's some defensive stuff. You see him on the back end. Look at the re- – I mean, this isn't a lot. It's But it's a, he changes direction three times, three times in a very quick amount of time. He's mm-hmm. back. Then he goes quickly, goes laterally, very wasted motion. Then, then he's downhill. Yep. And just really, really smooth athlete. Really smooth athlete. And I think some of these clips, Brian, is why I started to turn, you know, my opinion a little bit as far as because I thought he was a rover first time I saw him. And then I'm like, oh, maybe he can play deep safety. Yeah. He-, he could. He could. Yeah. But yeah. I think right now I, I would say that the path for him to play is is better at rover because I, I think this is where this is where I think rovers ideal because this is where you see somewhat of the limitation. Right. Like if there mm-hmm. if there is a limitation, it's he's just not quite the burner that Peyton right. Bowen is that, you know, that some of the other guys at the position are sure. But then you see this, this is where he, this is where he's at his best coming downhill. 
Oof. And that's why I say like he could be an alley safety. I don't know yes. if I want him playing on like deep thirds, mm-hmm. but as an alley safety, as a rover, boy, man, he's got like like for example, Peyton Bowen's a just pure range, pure range and athleticism. This yes. kid is more of a true strong safety, you know, yep. downhill. Bring him down. Yep. Could you see a scenario where him and Peyton Bowen complement each other? Sure. Hundred percent. That's also yeah. where I see a Don Schuler, you know. Yep. But if the starting trio is somewhere Hillman, Peyton Bowen, and a Don Schuler, well, Peyton Bowen's the pure safety, and the other two, you figure out who's the rover and who's the sort of the, the strong safety kid. Yeah. And that's where you start getting fired up about it. I, I love that pop on the last one too, Brian, because that was a big kid that he went head to head with, man. That was not a small boy, you know. And mm-hmm. you see the pop in the pads, you just mm-hmm. see it. When that kid stops, that kid thinks he's going to yes. run him over, and he just he yeah. does not get any more vertical movement at all. Ag- absolutely. He, like I say he's just he's at his best when he's running downhill. Yes. Yeah. I, I think you you nailed it correctly though. Like if he's a safety, this is that true strong safety. I am going to get down in short zone, and I am going to knock you out. Like that's mm-hmm. this type of kid. He, he's a really explosive hitter and he's really good in short spaces which is why i like him at rover again yeah we're gonna watch a couple more games here real quick of him and uh and then we'll, we'll move on to sort of just kind of what's left in the class nice deep ball here i remember this clip from earlier yep he has a really nice deep ball actually which is yeah interesting so that's why i say like if you got in a pinch and you had to play him a quarterback you're not just running a wildcat hoping to get out of the game i love that <laughs> You know, you're talking about you've got a couple things in your art in your in your tool belt that you can go to with this kid. Look at this, you know, just the Brian, athleticism. What, yeah, man. Well, one, one thing I'm happy about is that I never made anyone's highlight tape of me getting hurdled, which I'm Seriously. very happy about. So. Seriously, <laughs> if you'd have played in the seven five seven, no, you might have. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, you might have because I, I I learned that too. Like I, I told I've made the, I've told the story and I'd say it jokingly, but it's true. The first pass I ever threw in high school got caught by Dre Bly. He oh, wasn't really? on my team. Yeah. When he was on the <laughs> other team. But like I had a cor- I had my receiver, Trey Simpkins, is open on a corner route by three or four yards. Well, growing up in Northwest Ohio, that's a touchdown, much less, you know. So I throw that ball out towards the sideline on a rope. And Dre Bly was like, I wasn't even running yet, bro. And he just Bly, turns on the Jets and I'm like, dang. <laughs> not, not, nothing to be ashamed of with a 10-year NFL vet. So. I know, right? It's like, okay, that's a little different in Northwest Ohio football right there, fellas. <laughs> so, yeah, Dre Bly was yeah. a pro bowler, so it's yeah. okay. Yeah, but it's just like, uh, I don't know what I could have done differently on that one. So that was a little different, a little different level of football, there's no doubt. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but this kid's a really special athlete. And they did play against Western Branch, which is where Dre Bly is from. Fortunately for me, it was a scrimmage. It wasn't a real game. So there's no <laughs> there's no actual statistical evidence of that ever happening. Nice. So I could always deny it if I wanted to. <laughs> I can't now that I've told the story, but yeah. Look, the, look at just how you talk about Ryan, how he gets gets to full speed quickly. This is another example of that. I mean, he gets downhill in a hurry. And he's a runaway freight train, man. Mm-hmm. Runaway freight train. Which again, Brian, like some people might not. Some people are probably going to say, like, "Oh, running back then, right?" And I'm just like, I would love to see this kid as a receiver. You hit a little RPO action. You just hit a little, just a little slants with him, right? And just watch him just go head to head against the safety, going downhill, man. Like this is the type of kid that's going to break a couple tackles. He's like your modern big slot type, right? Yeah. Guys that can break a ton of tackles. Like that's who he is offensively, in my opinion, if he sticks on the offensive side of the football. 
And like you said, also wouldn't count it out that maybe he's a kick returner at some point, man. Like that momentum getting downhill. Yeah. Like I'm gonna add one yeah. more, Ryan, because this is the uh, this is their second playoff game. And I or the first playoff game. I wanted to show this one as well because I, I like showing it against the best competition. So this is against Heritage, which is across the river in the Hampton mm-hmm. uh Newport News area. Yeah. So this is the first round of the playoffs. A game they won 49 to 20, and this kid went absolutely off in this football game. <laughs> this again, this is good football. This is against kids. There's a lot of kids on the other side of the field that are this is him playing corner. Look how easy his hips are. You I remember seeing this clip from earlier. Very easy, fluid hips, Ryan. Yeah. So we've now seen him. We've now seen him in the box, Brian. We've seen him in deep safety. We've seen him at corner. We've seen him run the football, pass right. the football. I mean, we even saw him holding and right. taking a taking a bad snap for a touchdown. So I mean, this kid does. And you said he's an all area punter as well, right? Right. So second team all district everything. punter. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Second team all district punter. It's pretty uh pretty nutty. But yeah, I mean, you just you look at why 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 is he playing corner there? He hardly plays any corner. It's because there was a matchup. That they mm-hmm. said we've got to put our best dude against their best dude. Yes. And that's basically what it boils down to. You know? So that's yeah. that's what you do when you have a kid like that. Yeah. I I, I can't relate from my high school, high school coaching career. I never quite had a kid like this, but yeah, yeah. That's, that's what you do with him if you have him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. No doubt. All right, let's get to a couple more. Here there is it's, actually, it's even more impressive too, Brian, that you say he does so much, and you said that he plays at a pretty good classification of, of Virginia. You know, as you get mm-hmm. better classifications, you don't expect a kid to have to do as much, right? Right. But you do. I think right. that's a separator too. Is like you even well, the, talk the about numbers. Like, like, a lot Bowen. of schools aren't there. Like the seven right. five seven, they don't have huge rosters. You right. know, it just it's not but, it's not. Um, yeah, it's it's a little bit different, but yes, gotcha. Yes. Well, yeah, I mean, I was even thinking just like like a Peyton Bowen, for instance, he's playing at 6A in the state of Texas, right? Like the highest yeah. classification. And he's playing safety. He's playing wide receiver when they need him. He's their punt returner. Like these, you have a lot of kids that are asked to do a lot of things because they are the unquestioned best athlete on their team. Right. So that's a little bit from the Heritage game. I'm going to, real quick, Ryan, as we talk more about him, I'm going to see if there was any – Anything from the Western Branch film of him in coverage against Paul Phil, uh, Paul Billups, who's a, a kid that uh, is committed to North Carolina, receiver from North Carolina. I'm going to see if there's anything from the, the Western Branch clips here real quick. But like you, I think, Ryan, you nailed the point, though. We've seen this kid play running back. He essentially be a running back at, from the quarterback position. We've seen this kid be a um, quarterback, dropping back and throwing the football. We've seen this kid line up as a deep safety, as an alley safety, as a slot cover guy, as an outside cover guy. I mean, this kid is this kid does everything. He really does everything, and that's I mean, he's he's fun to watch. Ryan, his film is incredibly fun to watch. I just can't believe he didn't put any um, any highlights of him punting on film. I was a little disappointed. I know, right? Seriously, I'm sure there's some out there. There's he's be. the kind of kid that'll punt a ball and then he'll go down and make the tackle from the right. position. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's a nice clip of here playing deep safety and just, just, just gets all over Billups, but it's not like a, it's, it's not really like a, a play where you, you see anything, but gotcha. Yeah. Brian, isn't he also like, I, I know they don't do the wedge anymore, but like, this is the kid that you're just like, go break the wedge. you know? <laughs> just, yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Destroy the wedge. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. So that, uh, Ryan, 
that is uh that is Brandon Hillman on film. Impact player. I mean, that's the thing is, y'all saw it there. He's a football player. That's the thing, Ryan. He's a football player. And Notre Dame under Marcus Freeman is looking for football players. And there's nothing wrong with taking guys who are projections, who are really twitching athletic. I think the key is, however, is just making sure that you're um, doing it to where you're balancing them with a lot more football players. And that's the thing. That's why I love, you know, Jeremiah Wusukor Moa so much coming out of high school mm-hmm. is because you didn't know where he was really going to play. I mean, you thought he was going to be a rover, but I mean, on one play, he's playing free safety. The next play, he's rushing off the edge. The next play, he's playing quarterback. The next, you know, Prince Collie was that way. I just, I like kids that Xavier Watts was that way. You just like kids that, boy, if, you know, Xavier Watts, I thought he was going to be a wide receiver in their name, but needs came and arose. And now all of a sudden, that kid's got a shot to be a starting safety next year. CJ Procise comes in their name as a safety. Eventually moves over and he starts at wide receiver. Year later, moves to running back, and he's a thousand yard rusher. <laughs> you know, and from Virginia, I mean, he's from a somewhat close area to where these this kid is from. So, you just yep. you can't have enough guys like that. You just can't have and, enough guys like that. And, and I'll say this too, Brian. We've talked about we talked about this a lot in the preseason and into the season. One area that we wanted to see Notre Dame have more success in is the DMV area, right? right. I mean, we're, we talk obviously a lot more about like the the Maryland Catholic yeah, schools, that's like DC, Maryland, Virginia is what yes. they're referring to. And, and obviously, they missed out on Jason Moore, who's going to Ohio State, right? But you got Devin Houston from that area. You got Armel Mukum. Now you got Brandon Hillman. You got three very talented football players from that region right now, which I, I think again. Notre Dame needs to continue to tap into, but they tapped into it a little bit this this cycle, and that needs to continue moving forward. Well, and you know my you know my bias towards Virginia kids, but in <laughs> they, my defense, they, got, they, they have turned this... out to be a lot of them have turned out to be pretty good, you know. That's true. So, um, but Arm, I don't count Armel Mukum as a Virginia guy. He just goes yeah. to school there, so you know. But uh, you can have, a, you can have him. By he's a Canadian kid, and I got nothing but love for that. You know. <laughs> well, then so. you can't you can't count Devin Houston then either for being. No, I, for I don't. <laughs> I don't. I mean, but it it is. But what's important though to your point, and this was your point, which is I think is spot on, is yep. you want to have a you want to have a presence at those schools wherever the kids came from, Canada, wherever. You want to have a presence at those schools. Yes, and that's the key, and that's what Notre Dame is doing, and that's where getting a kid like this is important. If because. And this is why I've said a lot of schools don't like Notre Dame coming. And this is why they Florida schools and SEC schools so harshly negatively recruit against Notre Dame when they're recruiting kids from Florida. Because mm-hmm. the last thing they want is for three, four kids from Florida to come up to Notre Dame, thrive in the classroom, thrive on the football field to come high picks. And all of a sudden these kids are like, wait a minute, why am I going to this school? And they're you know not even top 100 degree because they produce big-time players. When I go to Notre Dame, still be a big-time player and get a degree that's going to allow me to, to do this, this, and this. Because like my point with some of these kids, and I'm working on an article about this, Ryan, mm-hmm. is what's unique about the Notre Dame kids and, and, and the pitch that Notre Dame needs to have when it comes to NIL is, look, you can take the million dollars up front, but you know, no, 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 no person that truly is successful in life just takes the, the easy path. Hey, look, I'm going to give you a million dollars. Have fun, go spend it. Or I'm going to give you 200 grand. You're going to have to work for it, but I'm going to give you principles and I'm going to teach you lessons that are going to allow you to turn that 200 grand into $10 million. Right. 
And that's the difference. And that's what these Notre Dame kids understand. You and I have talked to parents and talked to recruits where they explain that very thing. Yeah, yeah. this would be nice to get this million dollars now, but if I go to Notre Dame, I'm still going to make money, but I'm going to be given the tools to turn that in. It's like, it's like an investment. Do you just mm-hmm. take a million dollars and spend it? Or, or, or if I give you, like, I'll give you a million dollars and you can do, do however you want with it. Or I'm going to give you $200,000 and I'm going to show you can invest it and eventually over time and hard work, turn it into $10 million. Right. Well, the kids that understand the importance of the other one, the second part, are the ones that are going to come to Notre Dame and thrive yeah. in Notre Dame. And that's, and it's, that's it's the kind of real- kid that you're looking for. Yeah. And I mean, and it's still really refreshing to see those kids that bet on themselves, right? Like it's the mm-hmm. long-term versus the short-term. I mean, it's, it's unfortunate, but there's some kids that just do not see past the first check versus the first season. And that's why a lot of kids are just kind of, you know, making movement so quickly and abruptly without even having like a real plan, I feel like. Right. And, but I think that for Notre Dame, getting those types of kids that have a little more foresight to what's important to them and have, and I think that for me, Brian, like after talking to Hillman's coach, Again, I think Brandon, like Brandon could have just stayed down south, right? And, and went to one of those schools. But I think that what really attracted him about Notre Dame is that it's difference, right? And those types of kids, why is Braylon James leaving the state of Texas to come up to play at Notre Dame? Why is Jaden Great, uh, Jaden Greathouse doing the same? Why is Peyton Bowen doing the same? Why is Jaden Lamar coming from Cali all the way over to, to Notre Dame? Rico Flor, I'm from sorry, from Washington. Why is Rico Flores coming from Cali all the way to Notre Dame? It's because I feel like these types of kids see the value in something different, right? Like Jaden Greathouse could have stayed in the state of Texas and just been a Longhorn and would have been great and he would have been successful doing that. But he understands what makes Notre Dame different, right? Sullivan Absher could have went to Clemson, but he sees something different at Notre Dame. Brandon Hillman could have went to. North Carolina or Virginia Tech or Miami or Tennessee or you know, wherever, paths. easier paths. But he sees the value in being challenged and doing something different. And I think that that is still a really refreshing thing to look at. Right. Somebody asked about how big he is. He's listed around 6'2", 190. He's at least 6'1", to me. He's at least 6'1", uh, 185, 190. He's a good-sized kid. Ooh, he's put together well. You see him up close in person, you're like, okay, this kid's got some – this kid's got some size to him. So, yep. yes, there's no doubt. There's no doubt. So, and he'll, pro- Brian, he'll probably be after development, he'll probably be what, Brian, 210, maybe 215 at some point. Like, yeah, the at the frame. most. I mean, he could yeah. stay in the 205 range and, and mm-hmm. streamline him. If you want him at receiver or safety, you could streamline him. Yeah. But if you wanted to get him to rover, he could get up to 210, 250. And that's all, that's how big Jeremiah Wusu Koromo was. He wasn't any better yep. than 210. No, I, th- I think he, I, I think he weighed in at the combine at like two sixteen, and he put and on that was with him pounds. putting on weight. Exactly, which is another yeah. reason he didn't run to forty because he put on weight to to do a lot of those things. So, you know, he's he's a very similar body it, type it's, to Jeremiah. It, it's it's so funny when people go to the combine and people are like, "Oh, that guy looks light on film," and they come in heavier, and they're like, "Wait, why isn't he testing?" Ha! Huh, I wonder why he's not testing because he put right. on weight. Like, right. <laughs> Well, no, he had a he had a hamstring. Well, then, if he had a hamstring, why is he doing broad jump, vertical jump, and all that? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> come on, running the forty, yeah, right. Exactly. Come on now, come on now. <laughs> you know, because the forty would have been before all those things, He's, right? You can understand I, I, if, I, if he did all that, then de- then decided not to run forty because of all that. But like, you know, that's why he didn't do it. That's my two favorite excuses: he has a hamstring issue, or he hasn't um, he hasn't 
practiced enough at the test. I'm just like, okay. Sure, well, because sure would you that. say, Ryan, that that with where he how he has played, mm-hmm. that he pretty much has uh, sort of answered some of the um, questions people had about him and his positional fit. I mean, he's certainly to me, from what I read and what I, people that watch NFL have told me. He's playing like a first round pick, not like oh, a yeah. guy that was middle of the second I, round. And he's playing more like a will linebacker role for Cleveland. And he's been, yeah, he's been very, very good. And I know there were questions about, you know, the not testing and the the heart issue that came up late and all that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. But yes, in a vacuum, that kid was a first round player that year. Like no doubt about he it. He was a first he's round football player. Well. Right. Yes. Some of the yeah. other stuff that caused him to drop wasn't related to how good he was in the football field. Absolutely. And that's why those things are important. But yes, football wise, he was a dynamic player, very dynamic player. So last thing, Ryan, is we kind of do a what's next. And and for people that want to know, this is one of the dancing uh, gifts that we had on the board. So we're now down to one left. Yep. And uh, we expect that one to be uh, made aware by the end of the month as well. So Mm -hmm. Notre Dame is now 14 days. We are two weeks away. By this t- two weeks from now, by this time, we're going to pretty much know who Notre Dame's 2023 class is going to be. Finally. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> so this is commitment number 27. It yeah. would not shock me if Notre Dame is done in 2023 now. There's mm-hmm. some other kids on the board. Solomon Davis from Arizona or from California is a kid they're looking at right now. They're pushing hard for him. He likes Notre Dame, but I think Oregon just kind of gone on him a little bit sooner. So I think Oregon right now is a team to beat. Notre Dame's, Notre Dame's battling. Mike Mickens is battling. Chad Bowden's battling. But there's ground to make up there. There's really not a lot of – I mean, there's some there's some kids on the board, names we can't mention, that they're trying to flip, but the odds of them flipping them are, are, are not – probably not great right now. Uh, but they're going to try. But I think this is it, – there's it, a good chance this is where it ends at this point in time. They're going to they're gonna grind to find some kids, but – but um, and then part of the backstory too is so he committed to Notre Dame. When did I say it was about a week and a half, two weeks ago, right? It was a couple of weeks ago it was, before it was the regular least. season was over yeah. with. Yeah. And he called uh, called Coach Freeman and, and gave him the word. And but he the reason he waited till December seventh was he wanted he had already decided even before he made his commitment he decided he was committing on today because today is his mother's birthday. So this is the birthday present that uh, he gave his mama. But I'm sure, uh, she's, I'm sure she's very proud sure. of that. As oh, well. yes. That's, oh, yes. You could just see how the family reacted when he announced Notre Dame. Like they were like, they know what they know, how big this is. Mm-hmm. They know how rare it is for a kid from Churchland to go to a place like Notre Dame. It's it's right. not rare. I, like, I won't say which high school. But I went to a school in Norfolk and I talked to the coach and I said, here's what I'm looking for. And he brought me out 20 kids, his 20 best players. And I think the highest GPA I I, this is, I saw was like a two two, hmm. right? Like it's just unfortunately in some of these areas they just don't they don't invest as much in that part of these kids as they do the athletic part of these kids, right. and that's the disappointing thing. But this is a young man that gets it. I mean, you talk to his coach; does he seem like a guy that just doesn't give a rip about what these kids do off the field? You know what I mean? Like I think that's. That's why you see what you see. So not every coach is that way. There are just some schools that are that way is my point. And that's what makes it a little harder to do this, you know, to recruit from this area. But uh, this is a young man that, that obviously has the ability to, to be that on and off the field. And you see how excited his family is. But I think Ryan, it would not shock me if this is where it ends. I think at this point in time, it's they're trying to flip a couple kids and then just 
hold off other schools that are trying to, you know, to to flip their kids, right? Which has been going on for months. It's nothing new. Yes. You know, you're seeing schools throwing huge NIL deals at Notre Dame kids and all this other kind of stuff, just trying to get them to flip late. And it's a, it's a wild, it's a wild, it's, it's even, it's even worse than I imagined it would be, Ryan. Yes. yes. And I'm curious how many of these deals that they're throwing out there are going to end up not coming through. Like it's going to be interesting with not, and I'm not talking about the Notre Dame kids. I'm just talking about a lot of these kids in general. Like I promise them this, but then they show up and it's like, well, it's not actually that, you know? I mean, I mean, Brian, I know we're not getting into the NIL landscape as much, but like, I'm also Mm -hmm. curious about like this year, there's a lot of money getting thrown around. Well, what if there's a lot of stories that do not end up well, right. As far as players not panning out and not doing what they were paid to do type of thing. Right. And wait, I got to give 50% of this to the government. What? Seriously? Right. right. That doesn't make sense. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it's going to be wild, man. But again, to your point, kind of just going back to Notre Dame class, if this ends at 27, it's a pretty remarkable job. This, this staff has done to, to, Mm -hmm. to finalize this potential class in the midst of that NIL craziness, in the midst of a lot of things we've been, we've seen happen, you know, during the season, it's it's going to end up being a really fun class, and I look forward to as we get closer to signing day, only two weeks away, the early signing period. That's it'll be really cool to just look at a lot of these backstories and how we got to where we are because it has been mm-hmm. a journey and it's been. It's been a long time in the making, man. I mean, there's a few players in this class that have been committed for well over a year at this point, right? Like, I just talked yeah. to a Don Schuler a couple of days on the phone, just kind of you know checking in with him and stuff. And I'm just like, dang, man, you've been, you've been committed like did well you over see a year the now. shirt his mom had on yesterday yes. during the in home? That was so yes. awesome. Yes, I did. That was yeah. so awesome. I texted another mom and I was like, ah, I need to see this shirt on you <laughs> for signing, you know, for your kid. She's like, he'd kill me. So it's like, okay, fine. Yeah. Fine. I, yeah, I, texted, awesome. I, I texted Don about it. And yeah, yeah, yeah it's pretty. But pretty no, cool. I mean, there's just a lot of, I mean, they're just, they're fired up. This class really believes they're going to do something special. That's the exciting thing is they really do believe they're going to do something special. Will they? We'll find out. But exactly. they believe they will. And this is just, and this is the other thing too, Ryan, is I think the one thing that this staff is showing a, a willingness to do is to over recruit. Yes, knowing that there's going to be some departures. And in some instances, they're encouraging departures because we're going to fix this thing quickly. And the way to do it quickly is to just bring in as many kids as possible that are buying into our vision because we recruited them to this vision. And I think that that can't be dismissed either. They couldn't naturally get to 27. They're getting to 27 because there's some kids that weren't bought in that are just not going to be able to be part of this thing anymore. And yeah. that's something that Brian Kelly was never willing to do mm-hmm. that I think you need to do as long as you're doing it the right way. Right. And not just running a kid off. Cause he just didn't pan out the way you'd hoped. He's doing everything right. Academically doing everything you need, athletically working hard, great attitude. You should never run a kid like that off. And from the kids right. that I've been told it's either injury related, academic related or attitude related. It's not, it's not about, well, this kid's just not as, good as we'd hoped he would be because there's some kids that are like that that there's there's no conversation about them not coming back as long as you're doing that you've got to be willing to do that you've got to be willing to make those tough choices and then replace them with this this is what Notre Dame is going to be Ryan they're going to do the portal thing they're going to get the portal kids but this is where Notre Dame is going to be and has to be is recruit as many of these type of kids as you can and then coach the heck out of them 
over the yes. next three, four years. No doubt. No doubt. And I, I think that Chad Bowden, the rest of the recruiting staff and the coaching staff in general needs some, a huge pat on the back for that over recruiting. Cause to your point, Brian, I mean, you look at, I mean, there's been some players that have just kind of popped up on our radar right during the season that you're like, you know, is this a replacement for someone? And you're like, Nope, just another really good football player that we like that we think we can make the numbers work. Right. Cause I think they had foresight. They had understanding to what they would need, what the, what the team needs will be moving forward. Cause this is the ultimate part of roster construction, right? That's what recruiting is. You're, you're, you're acquiring talent and you're making it fit and you're filling in holes in a lot of instances and you're, you're projecting upside for yourself. So I think the staff needs a lot of credit for that because there was a lot of points this year where you could have just been stagnant and you could have just been focusing just the kids on the board and they continued to evaluate and identify players that fit at Notre Dame. And we're continuing to see that, you know, only a two, couple weeks until, until signing day, there's still on a couple kids, which is, it's going to be fun to just kind of see what the final product is. Yeah, there's no no doubt. So uh, Notre Dame lands Brandon Hillman. That is it for today on this part of it. That's big news. Uh, we are going to have a mailbag because we do have some questions, and there's a lot more questions that people are going to be submitting here. So we are going to jump into a mailbag. I'm sure we'll continue talking about Brandon during that. We'll continue talking about recruiting. If you want to talk team, college football as a whole, obviously some big news today with the report that Jeff Brom is leaving uh, Purdue to go to Louisville. It's a big, big one for the ACC. Big for the big win for the ACC. So getting all that in the mailbag, but before we get to the mailbag and don't go everybody, I want to see that number up at the top of people and I want to see it stay the same or grow because we're not done yet. We're just done with this portion of the show. So hit that like button, hit the subscribe button, hit the notification bell, share this podcast, sign up for the message boards at boards.irishbreakdown.com. And we have on there our Christmas deal. If you want to get the Christmas uh, discount, it's 25% off your entire purchase at the merch store, uh, which is literally I've had several people that have ordered stuff where I actually in the negative because of the, the we just don't make a lot of money off this, but it's meant to be a way to grow our community as more so than it is a, a revenue generating aspect of what we do. But uh, some great new merch. I put the pullover on there. We've already had several people order those. The new bucket hat on there, which I'll be getting for the summer when I go to camps and stuff. It's a really, really cool IB bucket hat. Lots of cool shirts and stuff. So definitely check that out. If you're not a member of the message board, sign up. $4.99 a month or $49.99 a year. Uh, that is not an intro rate. That is just the rate. And if you sign up for the monthly, you get 10% off your, your uh, next purchase in the bookstore or member bookstore. Uh, the merch store, the, the IB merch store, and uh, 20% off you find up, shine up annually. But if you're signing up now, I would encourage you to hold on to your 10, 10% or 20% at discount because those don't expire. You can use those whenever you want. The Christmas discount, which is actually bigger, 25% expires at the end of December. So use that one now. Hold off on the other discount code for later. You can't use them together. Just hold it off for later and use the Christmas code for now. And if you want that Christmas code, shoot me an email at brian at driscollpublishing.com or brian at irishbreakdown.com, and we'll get those to you. And then we'll be back again here very soon on the Irish Breakdown Podcast.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.